0: Today, I really want to share with you, uh, by instructions from the Lord, and and if you are writing notes, uh, you can follow uh, our sermon notes online on our website. The title is, And You, But God, 1, 2, 3. You know, I just going to come up with something fancy, you know. (laughs) And You, But God, 1, 2, 3. But it's based on Ephesians 2, 1 to 8, and I, I want to explain that in a moment. So I'm just going to take out some props, if that's okay. Not that I drink any of this stuff, but you know, just so. Um, So this verse talks about the grace of God. So let's read from verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Uh, We all know this scripture, if you are familiar with it. It says, By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So to understand the grace of God, to understand salvation and redemption, we need to talk about sin, the gospel, what it really means. Then you'll fully appreciate what Jesus Christ has done for you. And for you going through baptism, this will like really bring it home for you guys in that sense. Um, so verse 1 to 3 says this, and, he, and you, that's us, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also you once conducted yourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. So I want to summarize verse 1 to 3 with simply 3. Is that the right order? Two. Oops. And one. All right? Three, two, one. So what Paul writes in this letter is simply this. Three. There are three sources and influence over humanity. that kind of controls us. There is the, the world, the devil, and the flesh. Three sources of influence. That's okay, we'll, we'll leave that there. Three, two, one, but three, we're talking about three right now. So in Matthew 4, 1 to 11, I will paraphrase scriptures. They're all in your notes just so we could get along because we're going to baptize some people today, okay? So, But all the scriptures are in your notes. Matthew 4, 1 to 11, Jesus is tempted, was tempted at, in the desert, four days, 40 nights. The devil comes, does his thing. He's, you know, he challenges Jesus and says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And then again, says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down and then again the devil took him to a high mountain and said all the kingdoms are yours and this world i'll give it to you if you worship me so here we see these three things in place the, the world uh, the, the, the devil and the flesh so th- these three things control and influence us in this life and he causes us to 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 go away from jesus it, it traps us it, and it snares us it tricks us and it deters us to live fully to the ways of the lord So, three sources of influence. So, now this is a bottle of Coke. Okay, so, um, soft drinks, right? So, I'm not attacking Coke personally. I'm just, it's easy to find. (laughs) Like, really easy access. So, do you know that a standard can of Coke, this is not a can, but this is the only one I could find, but a standard can of Coke, 375 mils, and this is on the Coca-Cola website, okay? They confess. It contains 39 grams of sugar, which is equivalent to 9.75 teaspoons of sugar. Would you eat 9.75 teaspoons of sugar a day after breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You wouldn't. But you drink a can of Coke. Coca-Cola. You would because of marketing and all the ads, you know, the, the environment that you live in. It influences you causes to make, you know, those sort of decisions. So let's just say, uh, dear Cho jo jo here, did an excellent job running, uh, chairing the service. Let's just say, but it's not true, I'm just saying that she loves this stuff. Okay? She loves Coca-Cola. Um... <laughs> She needs to have one a day, you know, because it gives her the drive to work, you know, and she goes to the city. She's not afraid anymore, and she's, she's typing away and doing all the thing, and hey, you, you, you do that. All right, so, so this, this thing is her thing, okay? But it's reached a point where it's kind of like, not, oh, this is too much, I'm so hyper now. I'm just working 24 hours a day. I'm just so good because of the coke, but it's deteriorating her health. So she realized it's time to stop, okay? But it, it's so difficult, right? Because wherever she goes and, and all the social media, the feed, it just comes up, drink Coke, drink Coke, drink Coke, drink Coke, drink Coca-Cola. You know, so and then she goes to work, all her colleagues are drinking Coke. It's like, come on, Joe, come, come, come drink Coke. Come on, come on, have some soft drink with us. And it's just so hard. And then finally, you know, the flesh, the desires gives in. And she just drinks Coca-Cola. So three sources of influence that influence humanity and controls us. The world, the devil, and the flesh. It's not always the devil's fault, you know, right? Three. Now, the eventual outcome of that is this. It produces two conditions. I'm just reading what Paul writes here, okay? This is Ephesians 1, 2, 3. You read it just now. It produces two conditions. Rebellion and sin. That's what it says. All right? Um, And the modern word for trespass, which what Paul writes, is simply just rebelling. It's very simple. Uh, the two conditions that come from that is this. We rebel because we just don't want to follow the word of God. You know, we, we, we just like, yeah, I kind of, yeah, no, 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 that's not for me. And then, and then sin is this. It's just simply our inability, our failure to meet the standard of God. That's it, two conditions. So think about if you're driving, and I get tricked all the time with this. In the 40K zone, school drop off. You are rushing because the kids cannot get ready. And I'm doing all I can. My kids wear their school uniform the night before just to save time. (laughs) We don't wear PJs anymore in the house because I am unable. If you have a solution, tell me. And we have breakfast in the car. What else can I do? I'm still rushing, come on, come on, let's go, and then you hit 40K zone, you cannot drive more than 40K zone, you're like, we're going to be late for school, I'll be late for church, it's like, so imagine this, right, so for me, it's like, I know it's 40K, I'm doing 60, 70 anyway, because I want to get, a, I need to get there on time, nobody will know, that's not true, because there's speed cameras, and you get a massive $300 fine, you can't do that every morning, five days a week, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, So for me, when I do that, that's a clear violation because I choose to rebel against the speed limit. No, I need to get the boys to school. Okay, so that's rebellion. Sin is this, it's failure. It's just inability or unaware or I could be so distracted. I'm just kind of like, it's 40 zone but I forget and I go 50, you know, I get a a fine anyway. So that's what it is, okay? Two conditions. Now, the eventual final outcome of that is, according to the word of God, is death. That's just what it is. Now, three conditions. Three sources, two conditions, one outcome, three, two, one. But the good news is this, so because the letter doesn't stop, right? So that's verse one to three. Now verse four, and Paul says this. He says, but God, I like that, but God. So and you, the human condition, but God. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he intervenes. So God reverses the order of three two, one, to one to 3 Hence the message: "And you, but God, one two 3 Just so to help you remember, God reverses the order. There is one God rich in mercy, stop it, (laughs) rebels, sinners, (laughs) but we have a compassionate God. But God, one God, rich in mercy, great in love, Romans 5, it talks about it, God demonstrates his love for us, that while you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, amen, right, amen. Amen. We, we can't be over-familiar with this. In John three sixteen, we know this. We can't be familiar, but let me read it to you just in case you forget. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son to rescue you so that you and I will not perish. One God, rich in mercy and great in love. So he reverses the order. And then we are presented with two choices. One God, two choices. In Luke 23... 39 to 43, it says this. So, this is the night that the day that Jesus was, was crucified. Then, one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the true, the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, and Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So two choices. And the thieves kind of exemplifies that. There's one we say, no, nah, Jesus, if you're son of God, come down. So this thief clearly denies Jesus. No. And the other choice is this, the other thief, Jesus, you are the son of God. I believe in you. I receive you. And Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Two choices. Will you deny Christ or will you accept Christ? Yeah, and to accept Christ means this you confess, you repent, you believe, you receive, and you submit to the word of God and the lawsuit of Christ. That's what it is. It's not that hard, right? Is it? <laughs> Two choices. What will you do today? Now, if you choose to accept Christ, One, two, three, and three is just... Then you receive three positions. Okay, and now we read verse 5. Now it makes sense. Even when you were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus now, verse 8, which is our main text. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So that's what verse 8 actually means. So the three positions that Christ came to give us is this. The first is this You have been made alive. You have been made alive together with Christ. I mean, how crazy is that? Do you ever, can we comprehend the gospel that we are actually no longer dead? That the rebellion and sin and the death, that's gone. That's gone. Because we have been made alive with Christ. So, so Christ has taken us from a death to life, from a slave of sin to a child of God, from kingdom of darkness into kingdom of light. So how do you and I know that we are alive in Christ today? Stop it. This one thing. It's forgiven. Have you thought about that? Because sometimes we don't talk about this, but you, you and I, we have been forgiven. And that is a big deal. So Colossians 2, Paul goes on to expand. It says Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all rebellion, having wiped out the handwriting of, of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Would you give Jesus a hand? Come on. This is what Christ has done for you. We are alive because we have been forgiven. Can I tell you a story of the time when I kind of did some, like, rebel and sinned? Would you like to hear it? Okay, 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 go on, go on, tell us. So when I was a very young boy, probably 9 or 10 years old, I cannot remember the exact age, but I remember the exact moment. Um, so my mom and dad, they worked in insurance for all their lives, like 40, 50 years now. So because of what they do, they get to travel around the world, which is really great and, wow, well, traveling. I haven't been on a plane for so long, right? So they get to travel around the world. They get souvenirs from different places. They have this really cool glass cabinet, Okay. And in this glass cabinet, there's all these souvenirs that have accumulated over, you know, different places. And and specifically for all my siblings and I, we've been instructed never to touch the cupboard. (laughs) To never unlock it with the key, which we kind of somehow discovered underneath somewhere. So we know where the key is, but we can never open the cupboard and touch the stuff in there. But of course, when you say you can't do it, what do you do? You do it. If you can't do it, you do it. Because of human nature, the sin and rebellion that lives inside of us, influenced by the world, the devil, and our own flesh. Don't blame the world and devil, your flesh too, okay? So I was drawn to the things in the cupboard. So I took the key, consciously, rebelliously violating my father's instruction. I unlocked the glass cabin and I took out a jade horse and I played with it. I was scalloping it. <laughs> and I put my mask and He-Man figures, this is 1980s, right? And kind of, and just within a few minutes, the leg broke, clink! <laughs> and I dropped it, looked around, no one was watching, because after school, you know, like, you know, I was home by myself. I think my brother was playing something else, he was breaking out the rules. <laughs> That's what you do. My brother, you know, the world, he's the influence. (laughs) I was so, I was terrified because I know what's gonna happen that day when dad finds out, you know. And we don't do that in Australia, you know, but I'm just saying. But so, and I struggled, I said, what do I do? So I was so clever, so I just took tape, I taped it. (laughs) I hid it behind other stuff. So I rearranged the cupboard. So it's hidden at the back, the, the jade horse. No one can see it, you know, unless you peek in. So that's what happened. So for months and months, that bothered me because I know that eventually, you know, your sin will find you out. <laughs> we read that last Sunday. Your sin will find you out eventually. So, but anyway, for months, I was so bothered about it, so worried because I know my dad will find out one day, but he didn't. And what happened was, and my auntie had this devotions thing happening, and then he decided to invite all of us. So we all went, you know, all of us, and we were doing worship and stuff, reading the Bible. And, and that, I don't remember the passage. Again, I just remember that moment. It says that confess your sins before the Lord. <laughs> Repent. I was, like, I was like nine or ten years old. That, that hit home. I was so, oh, Jesus, why? So that night, I decided I, I confessed to my dad, and I told him what happened. and I was expecting the words, but you know what happened? My dad just, okay, let's go. Where are we going? <laughs> to the car. Why? He was like, are you going to take me away? No, I love you. <laughs> Please, don't send me away. He said, ah, we're going to the shops. Oh, why? Just to get some glue. Oh, okay, thank God. So my dad, non-confrontational, right? So that was his way of saying, it's fine. That was his way of saying, I forgive you. You know, it's all good. Let's go fix it. We'll get some Yuhu glue. Stick the jade horse, it's okay. That was his way of saying, I forgive you. You know, church, as believers, we need to remember the forgiveness of our Father. We are alive today because of what Christ did on the cross. You know, you have been forgiven. And I just feel like this is something you need to hear today. In, in the last one, two years of stuff that's happened, you know, what you've done and stuff, you know, there's nothing that God has not forgiven You have been forgiven. That's why you know I'm alive in Christ because I have been forgiven by God. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free today, church. And the second position is this. You have been raised together with Christ. Raised together. So how was Jesus raised from the dead? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, There's a few scriptures here. I'll just do one and then you can read the rest so we can baptize some people, Yeah. Okay, Romans 8 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And Acts 1 8 has a lot about that too. But so the point is this we know this the power of God lives inside of you. Yeah. You know, but sometimes, you know, I, me too, like, you don't think about that you don't you we kind of go through life like i'm just normal guy in that sense well, no we're not really the spirit of christ lives inside of you i mean the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead like he was dead and now he's alive and the same spirit lives inside of you how should you live what are our options if we have so much power in us in that sense not for our glory but how should you and i live when the power of God lives inside of us. Acts 1, it talks about that, right? The disciples were, were, you know, empowered, and they were still looking up, you know. And then the angels came, hey, man of Galilee, why are you looking up? The same Jesus who, who, who went will come again, but they're still looking up. And sometimes I feel like you and I were just kind of looking up, waiting, or just kind of not sure what to do. But the Spirit of Christ lives inside of you. There is power lives inside of you. <laughs> What happens to power when it's not used? So I have this phone, it's called the BlackBerry. You remember that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, I mean, it's not my fault, you know, because the bank that they, they, those days they, they wanted all of us to have Blackberries, you know, I don't know. It's, anyway, but so this really old phone, and 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 then now we have fancy phones and stuff like that. So I I kept that. No, no, Jay wanted to keep it, I didn't want to keep it, but anyway, so um so I, use, I, I let the boys play with it, you know, take photos and stuff, so I kind of charge it and then set it aside when it was ready. But I realized that after charging just for, you know, and it's fully charged, the next time you use it, it just dies. It just dies. It, it just keeps dying. And I realized that when I, when I checked, you know, when power is not used, it just goes flat. It's just, and just even standard, standard AAA batteries, after a while, if you just kind of stays there idle. It goes flat. So this is what you're going to think about. You know, we have this power. If you don't use it, it's just kind of like it's dormant. So, what, that's what you need to think about because you and I have been raised up with Christ. Raised up with Christ. I need you to think about that. So, the position that you should take is not fear anymore, but faith to believe. The position that you take is no longer stress or anxiety but a peace that surpasses understanding because the Spirit of Christ lives in you. Your position is no longer mourning, but dancing and joy, right? Because the Spirit of Christ lives inside of you. Hallelujah. And the final position is this. The final third position is this. You have been seated together with Christ. in And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And again, Now our status has changed from slave of sin to child of God. So how should you live now that you are a part of his kingdom? Colossians 3, 1-3 says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Imagine this, wow. So you and I are seated with Christ. So no longer are we concerned about things of the world. No longer are we placing value on materials or things that will perish. I'm not saying that you kind of burn everything away, go and be a monk in some mountain somewhere and not care about the world. That's not what we're saying, right? You need to be effective stewards of the gospel wherever you are. In the marketplace, in the home, in school, in uni, wherever you are, you need to shine for Jesus. So you need to think about heavenly things. So it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on earthly things. It's about what you place your value on. So what has COVID taught you and I in the last two years? Many things are meaningless. Let's to be honest. Many things are meaningless. So you and I need to live for the sake of the gospel, for the cost of Christ. Yeah. Really cool. So a month ago, we had like a our CG, the, the dads and all had this auction. We did it via Zoom. That was great. Right? We had great fun. We got to do it again, yeah. like sell stuff. You know, <laughs> it was so fun. And so the whole point was we were going to raise funds and then kind of fund our share ministry, which our outreach ministry for the community, for those doing, doing it tough. So we did that. Um, and then I was looking for things to sell. And then my wife, Jade, had this brilliant idea say, Why don't you sell all your Bibles? What? <laughs> are you joking? Sell all my Bibles? So if, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a hoarder. No, I'm not a hoarder. I collect stuff. I'm a collector. I collect old stuff. I know, right? Like antiques, you know, radios, telephones, and I've got this 1945, front. it's really cool. But anyway, I digress. So I have this Bible collection, antique Bibles. Like they range from 1888 to like 1950. Just different, I just love it. And I read them. It's like getting my, this is kind of my happy place, you know. So, And, she, and, and I was strongly encouraged by my wife, just just auction some Bibles, you know. Come out, on, raise one, for it. Sure. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I did not want to. It's like, it's, I remember every moment and where I was at the shop, I bought this and it is special, you know. But after strong encouragement from my wife and maybe a bit of the Holy Spirit convicting me, you got to practice what you preach, mate. You know? And But it's true because, because that, that exposes what's in your heart. I'll be honest with you because many things you and I value, you know, the stuff that we love on earth, you value them. And it's like, okay, you know. But eventually you come around, you're like, yeah, that's true. It's it's really meaningless. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. So that's why Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Okay, because you are alive with Christ, you are raised together with Christ, and you are seated together with Christ. So God reverses the order. Let's conclude, all right. God reverses the order of three, two, one. From three, two, one, two, one, two, three. Okay, enough, enough of this. It's not working. So God reverses the order. The three influences the two conditions, the eventual outcome of death. God reverses it. There's one God, two choices, accept or receive Christ. And when you receive Christ, you are bestowed with this status. Your position is changed. You are alive, you're raised, and you're seated With Christ, hallelujah, amen.